following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. Social media really is, like, in some ways, the heart of how I communicate, like, with my customer base. Um, A lot of the colors that I do are just based on, literally now on Instagram, every week I do an Instagram poll and I ask, what color should I make in the lab this week? And people give me feedback and then I narrow it down to two colors and the color that wins is made. Um, And even with um, our new product, I'm working on a complexion line. A lot of the feedback from that has just directly been through Instagram and we have a, a private Facebook group as well called Beauty Talk where people give ideas on things that they want me to develop. Welcome to the Forbes Under 30 Podcast. I'm Steve Goldblum, your host. On this show, we speak with young entrepreneurs and innovators. Today, I'm speaking via Skype with Florence Adepoja, who joins us all the way from London. She's the creator of MDM Flow, a cruelty-free beauty brand that is inspired by street style and hip-hop culture. They make shades that are suitable for all skin tones. And uh, I know you go by Flow. Flow, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. All right, let me t- just walk us through. What was your earliest memory of cosmetics, of fashion, uh, of all the things, of hip-hop, of all the things that you do now that's turned into MDM Flow? Um, I'd say my earliest memory would be um, as a little girl um, going around to my big cousin's house and literally spending the whole day watching MTV, just video after video after video. And what, what did you see when you were watching MTV? What, what was it that attracted you to it? Um, I was, like, massively, like, attracted to and influenced by um, hip-hop culture. Usher used to have amazing videos. Um, Alicia Keys, I, I personally felt really connected to her and her music and her story. Um, Beyonce. Just these kind of, like, powerful, bright um, men and women that I just felt, like, represented me. And taking a moment to thank our supporters, Veridesk, Amica Insurance, and Rocket Mortgage. More about these companies later in the show. Was there anything in your world that would have, have brought you closer to that you know, industry, to the entertainment world? Um, not really. Like, my dad's an accountant. My mom's a nursery nurse. Um, my fam, like, my larger family are quite, like, traditionally like traditional African, loads of doctors and lawyers. So yeah, no, absolutely no connection to entertainment in my like personal life. And what was your, uh, you you were extremely interested in science as a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like with science, it was something that I was naturally good at. So I always did really well um, in science tests and um, we kind of have like a, a tiered, um, education system so I was like in the top set for my sciences and I was like put for like the like the most complicated exams and so um like based on like my background naturally it just meant that I would end up going into doing something quite scientific even though I was creative as well but um when I was younger it was more kind of like 
you know, create the creative element of me is my passion. And, you know, I'm going to knuckle down and do something scientific when it comes to my career. Tell me, I mean, let's start with just a, a broad overview of MDM flow and then we can unpack yeah. uh, where you come from. Awesome. So where do you want me to start with MDM flow? Just start with like people who have no idea what we're talking about when I say MDM flow. How would you describe it to okay. them? Okay. So um, I definitely say like MDM flow is probably like it's my business. It's a beauty brand and it's something that I think I've been able to like put all my passions into um, as a scientist because I studied cosmetic science at the London College of Fashion, but also as um, a creative um, a woman of colour and someone who is heavily influenced by um, hip-hop culture. Um, so, yeah, I kind of got a job working in the beauty industry um, when I was 17, literally walking past the makeup counter, and then I got stopped by the manager and offered a position. Um, I worked there two days a week, and on the Saturday evenings when I was there by myself, I'd, like, put a Drake CD in, um, <laughs> offer my customers free Harry Bows, and just kind of made it a bit more of a, a shopping experience that reflected, like, me. And I really enjoyed it, and so I was like, okay, like, this is fun. I want to do something I think that was the first time when I actually thought I could end up you know working in a career that isn't fun that I'm not passionate about or I can try and like make a career out of this and and do this and that be fun and so, so you weren't looking for the job when you were walking through the um uh the department store wherever you were we got pulled into that position somebody asked you if you wanted the job yeah yeah, so I wasn't at the time. I was walking. I was working for a company called Sports Direct that I really hated. I was earning minimum wage, so I wasn't looking for yeah. a job. But like, if I was offered anything other than what I was currently doing, I would have probably taken it. Talk about the the void that you filled with the lack of options for women with darker skin tones. Uh, the lack of uh, wide ranging lipstick and colors uh, that the women don't have. Yeah, so like that um, first job was kind of like the spark of getting an interest in the industry. And from that, I kind of went on to like, from that to working for other counters and representing like loads of different um, brands within the industry. And I always used to get the same feedback for customers. And obviously, as a black woman, loads of other black women and Asian women were like attracted to me and like, okay, what product are you wearing? Like, what can I wear? Um, this color doesn't suit me. Right. And a lot of the time I'd have to tell them that, oh, unfortunately, the brand I'm representing today um, doesn't actually have products that are suitable for you. But, you know, try this other brand and, you know, selling them on like brands um, for, for from companies like Mac and Bobby Brown that I didn't represent at the time, but were the only brands that really um, catered to women of colour. So as much as I loved like my job, it became a real pain point for me because I was like, this like this is not good enough that um, brands don't um, cater to women of diverse skin tones. But um, making the decision to study cosmetic science, learning about the process of making products, I knew that it was a development thing. And I think customers always internalize it. They always think, oh, it's me. There's something wrong with me. My skin doesn't, like red doesn't look good on my skin tone when actually it's the formula and the product hasn't been created to look good on darker skin tones. 
and that's kind of where I got like the spark of okay I'm gonna create a product line where like all women feel confident wearing my colors because it is formulated to look great on your skin well let's talk about where you went through that process because you know all great ideas are incubated in garages and in, in parents basements and yours is sort of no different right because you were were you working in your parents shed yeah, so my first lab um, was in my parents' shed, and I kind of still work there now from time to time when I'm working on new ideas. But um, basically, I had studied um, for four years at the London College of Fashion, and in my final year, I started working on colour perception um, in lipsticks and about how like lipsticks show up on different skin tones and how it makes customers feel. Um, and I really enjoyed working on this project. Um, my classmates really loved my formulas because they kept stealing my lipsticks. And I was like, okay, if this formula is good enough to steal, then it's good enough for people to pay for it. Um, so I decided to develop it from my final year project into a business. So I asked the university if I could have some lab space and they were like, no, we have students who need the space um so then I just kind of went on to Amazon and bought like look-alike lab equipment to the stuff we were using in uni and like kind of bought second-hand lab equipment and like some molds um from Taiwan and just yeah changed my shed or my parents shed into my own personal lab tell us about the the science involved and actually in the mixing and and how long it took you to to find the right balance and the right color yeah so it kind of I, my formula was kind of a working project and I'm really kind of glad I did it that way. So um, as soon as I graduated, I started selling the lipsticks that I was making, but at the same time taking customer feedback um, and using it to improve my formula. So I remember, um, I think it was December 2014, I like had a feature, I think in Afropunk. And so I got loads of orders from New York and because of the temperature, um, a lot of the lipsticks kept breaking. And so people like, you know, gave me the feedback and I was like, OK, if I develop the formula um, and I send you a new formula, like I can do that. or I can give you a refund. And pretty much everyone was like, no, actually, we want to test out um, your new formula. So I kind of devised a system where um, my formulas and my products are always like constantly changing based on the feedback that I get from my customers. And we'll be right back after this quick break. This podcast is brought to you by Amica Auto Home and Life Insurance. When you call Amica, you can expect a different experience because Amica is all about customer service that goes above and beyond the ordinary. You always get the help you need when you call Amica. Visit meetamica.com slash Forbes today. And this year, the office cubicle turns 50 years old. I don't know if you knew that. It hails from an age when work was done on typewriters and smoking at your desk was the norm. Today, employees are expecting more from their workspace. They want flexible and active spaces where they can collaborate and feel energized. Veridesk Active Workspace Solutions make it easy to encourage more movement to any workday. Being more active at work, like standing more and sitting less, can help improve your health, boost energy, and increase productivity. Veridesk has a variety of desk solutions that replace traditional office setups, require little to no assembly, that's great, and are ready to use 
in minutes. Plus, Veritas products are made from commercial-grade materials meant to last a lifetime. They're easy to move or reconfigure as businesses change and grow. You can try Veridesk risk-free for 30 days with free shipping and free returns. If you're not satisfied, see it for yourself at Veridesk.com. That's V-A-R-I-Desk.com. Flo, I, I don't know, other than, you know, having looked at your Instagram and looking at MDM Flow, it's really striking and all the colors seem to pop. Uh, how, how do the colors influence mood? So something that I found really interesting um, whilst I was studying and working on my um, project on color perception was that when like mainstream media were talking about lipsticks, especially uh, or particularly when it came to color, they were always, you know, saying um, match your lipstick to your outfit or like, you know, this is how you wear it. Whereas talking to real people, um, women tend to actually match their lipsticks to their mood. So when you need to feel more confident, you wear like your bright red or your brightest pink. Um, or but when you are feeling more confident, then like you may you know go a bit more mood, um, more of a nude or a brown or something a bit softer. And so that kind of really um, influenced how I. Um, message and brand mdm flow it's not so much about like dictating um to women you know you should wear this color with this or like this is the color that's suitable for your complexion but actually more so of how are you how are you feeling so i have a color called power that you can wear when you're feeling powerful i have my red lipsticks called supreme because it matches the mood that tends to come um with that color you know flo when you were in the lab, mixing up colors, were there any surprises in the in the chemistry that that you experienced? Um, the biggest surprise for me is that um, when a lot of um, bigger businesses make makeup, um, they use a lot of filler ingredients that just do not look great on black skin. Um, so they kind of have a bit of a grey effect, or the hue is just funny and it's off. And these ingredients are simply put into the formulation just to make the formula cheaper. Um, so in refining my formulas, a lot of it has just been just been taking ingredients out. So even with my foundations that I'm working on, like with the cut with my darker complexions, like I had to make the decision to take SPF out of my foundation just because um, for the darker tones, it just made the colours look grey. And I, I felt like when you're, the consumer doesn't understand that. So when they're going to a counter and they're testing a product and it looks grey on their complexion, they're just sitting there thinking, oh, you know, I can't wear foundation because I look grey in foundation, whereas actually it's not you, it's the way that product has been made. And t- tell me a little bit about some of the hip-hop artists who've inspired uh, your lines. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely um, inspired by a lot of the women um, in, in music and in hip-hop culture. So I've got, like, Khalees is one of my biggest inspirations. I have two lipsticks named after her, um, Bossy um, and Milkshake. I have a lipstick named after Gwen Stefani. Um, Beyonce inspires a lot of my lipsticks. Um, Lil' Kim. So kind of a lot of like late 90s, early 2000 artists um, are where I get my color inspiration from. Have you had any feedback from those artists? So I've kind of, because my brand's always been very like customer driven, I've tried to not like jump on the 
like celebrity <laughs> um, bandwagon. Also, because it, it can be a very expensive process if you don't have those personal relationships. So I'd like to think that if any of them have ever tried my lipsticks, they love it. But I've not made a big thing of trying to get it out to those artists just yet. Can it not also be a lucrative relationship for you? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, and and as you know, a lot of like celebrities are coming into beauty now. So yeah, it's definitely something I'm considering for the future. Any endorsements that you're actively seeking? Um, none actively. Like I'm not in the hip hop space. I'm speaking with a Afrobeats artist about working with her on a collection, which is quite um, exciting for me because of like my Nigerian roots and beauty as well is something that's growing massively in Africa, but not actually anyone in the hip-hop space just yet. Have you noticed any change in the beauty industry? Have you seen anything change in terms of creating colors and tones for all races and skins? Oh yeah, definitely. I think in the last... And, and it literally feels like it happened yesterday, but definitely in the last like three or four years and definitely like through social media and influencers and just kind of this digital activity that's happening about around beauty online. I think a lot of the issues that the beauty industry have always had are really coming to light. And then obviously re- with the most kind of recent launch by Rihanna has had a massive like conversation um, about diversity in the beauty industry, which for me has been really like validating because I've gone around, you know, saying this is a problem and like, nobody's listened for x amount of years and now people are like oh actually maybe like that girl who's making lipsticks in her shed is actually right well it's a great story your story and what how when was the first time you were able to tell it was there an article about you that that kind of helped define your story and and launch um, I definitely would say like a defining moment was when we had we were featured or we or I was featured in the New York Times um just de- December 2015 because like I I before that worked with a PR agency and I didn't really like how they were talking about the brand so I decided to tell my story myself and that was the first um the journalist that wrote the piece for the New York Times was the first journalist that I spoke to myself and told my story. And the reception that that, that that story had, again, was another very, like, validating and transformational moment for me because I just saw, like, women from all over the world say, you're making a product that I need and, you know, we need you to continue making things that look good on our skin. I think that'll be interesting for entrepreneurs listening who hire PR firms and they don't always get the story right. What was the story they were telling before you told it yourself? Um, I think they were just trying to sell me in the same way as everybody else. So like, and, and they did like get me features, but I'd open, like, I don't know, a feature in, like, let's say, Grazia, and they'd be talking about like my lipstick um, in the same way, in the same article as like a Burberry lipstick or a Lancome lipstick or a Chanel lipstick. And I'd look at it and be like, okay, I'm glad I had, have this feature, but why would anyone buy my unknown brand over, you know, all these known brands? I need a story that actually says this is what sets MDM Flow apart. And I think that was only something that I could have done myself. When was your first sale? Um, so <laughs> I was selling them 
under the table before I <laughs> actually launched officially as a business. That's okay. So yeah, we've pretty much been going strong since the summer of 2013. And tell us how business is going now. Where, where are you? Where can people buy MBM Flow? Um, so we're in quite a few um, different retailers. Um, we're online at Nasty Girl, which is probably like our biggest US front. In the UK, we're in Harvey Nichols. We're on Pretty Little Thing. We're in Mecca, Australia, in Australia. But um, I definitely say like our biggest and best channel is through the MDM Flow website. And I'm working on a lot of new products that um, will be exclusively sold on the website as well. And that's where also people can give me feedback on like product developments and things that they think I need to be making. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Support for the Forbes Under 30 podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask, why? Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to the rate and term in real time? And why can't there be client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple, allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your tenth, with Rocket Mortgage, you get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply, understand fully, mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash Forbes, equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. As you know, I'm always following you on Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm liking all that you're doing. How big a role has social media played in the business and the brand? My, like, so, like social media it really is like in some ways the heart of how I communicate like with my customer base um a lot of the colors that I do are just based on literally now on Instagram every week I do an Instagram poll and I ask what color should I make in the lab this week and people give me feedback and then I narrow it down to two colors and the color that wins is made um and even with um our new product I'm working on a complexion line a lot of the feedback from that has just directly been through Instagram and we have a, a private Facebook group as well called beauty talk where people give ideas on things that they want me to develop and are there much transactions or is it mostly engagement and feedback oh no there's a lot of transaction happening on instagram and especially instagram and i'm so surprised that a lot of the tools that i use are free so like instagram now have like a swipe up functionality um that is literally changing my life so i'll talk about a product i'll talk about the development process um i'll swatch the color and wear it and be like so swipe up if you want to you know get a new nude and I can literally see the conversion of people swiping up and the sales coming through like it's absolutely incredible amazing so is that is that would you say much more effective than your website 
Um, I think that both play really crucial roles. Like, obviously, Instagram could disappear tomorrow. And my website is something that will always be there that my customers know that they can go to and find out about what it is I am creating. Um, so, yeah, I kind of, I see it as a tool, but I wouldn't solely depend on it. I think, like, my website is still very important. And you have some upcoming launches, right, in March? What do you have yeah. coming out? So I'm working on a foundation range um, of 20 colors that I'm very excited about. Um, and I'm doing it, um, I'm being very open and public about the product development process. So like if you go on my Instagram now, you can already see like um, my customers have already helped me select the packaging. Um, I've selected 16 shades from the range and I'm, I'm working with my customers to get like missing shades to add in between of like colors that are needed but aren't readily available. Um, and I'm also working on making the product affordable. So I've gone for a smaller 25 mil um, fill level so that I can sell it for 10 pounds so that people can buy it, top it up and then colors that are more popular i can get a bigger fill level and people can repurchase those colors so kind of like democratizing the process of buying makeup can you tell us a little bit about you know in the beginning when you were selling under the table wherever you were selling um what was your how did you how did you raise capital in the beginning to to really grow the business in an effective way so whilst I was studying, I applied for um, a loan, a business loan, um, and I applied for a grant actually as well, both for the same amount. And I got turned down for the grant, but I got accepted um, on the loan. So that was for £10,000 and that I pretty much used to set up my lab, buy ingredients, buy packaging, um, and yeah, I spent that money really quickly <laughs> and, and that kind of like was what I used for about the first two and a half years. And then when I kind of got a big, um, wind of press in 2015 and I started, um, getting into retailers, then I just was literally at a point where I can't hand make every single product anymore. Cause at that point I was hand making every single color. Um, so I got an investor in the business, um, to help me scale up my production of my lipsticks. Did the New York times article in 2015 help you bring on the investor? Definitely. Like I had been speaking to him for a while. Um, just kind of more, um, just kind of an, as an advisory, um, relationship. And then, just seeing the like how much of a reception the brand was getting it just got a point where it got to a point where he was like yeah it's pretty ridiculous for me to not invest at this point <laughs> um can you tell me i mean at that point were you getting nervous before the article came out you're already you've taken on ten thousand pounds of debt um no i wasn't nervous and i think i um, even after I'd had the interview, I didn't know that the story was going to go live. So I was just like going about, you know, my regular smegular life. And when I started the business, I like kind of said to myself, well, I'm going to give myself like a five to 10 window, which is a massive window. And I was just like, you know, if I don't make anything of this by the time I'm 30, then maybe I'll do something else. And I think because I didn't put too much pressure on myself, I never, ever felt like, you know, when is going to be like the critical moment and like what you know trying to kind of like speed up the process and it means that I've just been able to like really um take my time and at what point did you need to scale up production so that it's it's not just you um 
you know, doing all the chemistry in the in the in the in the back. Uh, when did you need to hire people, and and how quickly? Um, <laughs> I knew I needed to scale up when I was literally making lipsticks all day and <laughs> replying to emails all night, and I was getting no sleep. And I was just like, okay, this is not sustainable. And also, I'm making lipsticks every waking hour and I'm still not able to fulfill orders because like as one person there is just a limited number of you know how much you can actually produce um with regards to time so I'm imagining you're not making the lipstick anymore no so you're not doing so how big is the team now how big is your staff so currently my uh, manufacturing is outsourced so it's not my own team or my own facility it's done by a private manufacturer and i just give them my formula um and give them like the ingredient suppliers and they like do it separately and you always hear about collaborations in fashion is there anybody that you've worked with or are, are teaming up with um, in fashion, no, that's not really something I've looked at as of yet. Um, but no, it's definitely something again that I'd certainly be open to. And tell me, um, you know, for the next, you've been around for four or five years, right? Yeah. What is the next, what is the five year plan for you? If there is- Okay. So, so yeah, this is like the critical fifth year this year. Um, I think this year it's really about getting more products out because um, I feel like over the last like four and a bit years, I've just like been establishing the brand and establishing the brand's name and ethos and what we stand for. Um, and for me this year, it's just really about like providing um, value, I guess, for my customers through other elements of their beauty regime. So, um, again, like we've got uh, currently, we've got liquid lipsticks, semi matte lipsticks, and mascara. We're adding a foundation to the collection. I'm hoping to go into like powders and then also work on like skincare as well. So, I'm looking at face oil and just like bringing out um, these products. Um, and again, with the really open ended um, feedback system that we've currently got in place, making sure that we're making products that our customers need want and actually enjoy using is the company profitable um we're still we're still working we're towards still working. um profitability because yeah. where we're at everything we make just goes back into the right. business right and can you tell us i mean what do you say to young entrepreneurs out there who have an idea want to get it started um what advice would you give them since, you know, MDM flow is really something that you just created from scratch? Um, I would say like definitely work on like every idea you have. And I think something in the beginning, I was very closed about what I was working on and very like nervous. And I think I lacked confidence. I didn't really share with others what I was doing. Whereas now I'm a lot more confident about my ideas. And I think being open and sharing my ideas has been one of like the best things that I have done for the business and also just um, getting rid of the fear of anyone kind of stealing or coming after your idea like obviously do the things you need to do if you need to safeguard it if you need to patent it patent it but don't hide like what you're making and what what's has surprised you most about yourself or about about the business um I think I'm surprised about how understanding customers are 
of the process of even just running a business um and like i like the example that i mentioned before about customers wanting to try new formulas um you know giving me feedback telling me what colors they want i think like customers now really want to be involved i think the era in retail where things were developed and then they just magically happened is gone and now people just want an open honest process all right flo is there anything that you're, you'd like to be doing that you're currently not doing? Um, I think something that um, I am doing, but I want to do more of is just like be a voice, especially for like um, girls or women like me who are like from underrepresented backgrounds who have like, you know, things that they're passionate about or pain points that are not being answered to and feeling like I can be the solution to whatever issue that I'm facing. So I guess, yeah, just using my voice more um, and validating other people and their experiences. You're awesome. Thanks for doing this. Thank you so much. All right. Talk soon. That's it for this episode of Forbes Under 30. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to reach out to us with a comment or question, please do so at under 30. That's the number 30 at podcastone.com. Hey, this is Jordan Harbinger. I used to host the Art of Charm podcast, but now it's time for something new. The Jordan Harbinger Show. Did you know you can be entertained and actually get a boost in your life at the same time? On this show, we dig into the superpowers of the world's most interesting thinkers and top talents. Then we deliver them to you right into your ears. But I get it. We're not all superheroes. That's why we give you their blueprint so you can live what you listen. After a thousand interviews, learning five languages, and getting arrested in a country that doesn't even exist anymore, I'm now more ready than ever to introduce you to The Jordan Harbinger Show. Listen free to The Jordan Harbinger Show, available on Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and the Podcast One app. Lowe's knows you'll do spring right by saving on everything you need to get your garden growing. We do it right, too, with incredible deals to help you save during our spring Black Friday sale, like Bonnie Vegetable and Herb Plants, four for $10. And for a clean-looking landscape, pick up five bags of Scott's Mulch for just $10. Whatever's on your spring to-do list, hurry in and save during our spring Black Friday sale. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 417, not valid on Alaska or Hawaii. Bonnie offer valid on 19-ounce pots. See store for details, U.S. only. At the border, I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying, and the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.